This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 37, with guest Anna Verzone. Any links or resources that you hear in this episode can be found at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 37. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Super excited for today's episode. Oliver Zone is a is a friend and colleague of mine, and this woman is just so damn inspiring. I mean, she's beat cancer twice, two different types of cancer, and I just adore her. I think she's amazing, and I'm so happy to introduce her to you and let you get to know what she does. She does some great work in this world. Uh, let me let me just tell you her profesh bio. Anna Verzone is a skilled boredom slayer, thrive maximizer, and mindset alchemist. As the original freedom junkie, she is devoted to helping passionate women create their own unconventional lives of freedom, adventure, and purpose on all levels, from their cells to their spirit. She helps women align their bodies and minds with their mission so they have the energy, clarity, courage, and thrive to live life to the fullest and make the biggest impact on the world for a really long time. Anna has been a women's health care provider for over 14 years as a family nurse practitioner and certified nurse midwife and completed her graduate studies at the University of California, San Francisco. She holds two master's degrees related to women's health, as well as advanced certifications in functional and integrative medicine, Ayurveda, classical Chinese medicine, and natural hormone balancing. She currently coaches women from all over the world online, as well as maintains a clinical, functional, and integrative medicine practice in the beautiful state of Alaska. Um, again, I just, I think that she's amazing. She delivers babies. She helps women with healthcare needs. I cannot wait to get started with this episode. So without further ado, here we go. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to episode 37. And I am, I know I say this every time, but I'm so excited for today's guest because <laughs> it's a, a friend and colleague and just all around badass. And those are the, those are the women that I interview, right? You've already heard all of her professional bio stuff so why don't you say hello Anna hey everyone I'm super psyched to be here Andrea let's get this party it's started. a party up in the your kick-ass live podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> and scene all right let's get down to business I didn't have a chance to do my electronica <laughs> beatboxing yeah that's all right that's another episode. I, I, and if anyone is listening to this podcast for the very first time, if this is your first one, yeah. <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> and we also educate. We educate edu and have fun. Oh, you're going to get some education you today. You are. And it's so funny because a few months ago, you guys heard um, Joanna Maya Cohen talk about flower essences, and she talked a little bit about hormones on that podcast, and then Anna approached me. I've interviewed Anna previously way back before I had my podcast and I had the Kick-Ass Women series. And uh, we didn't talk about this, though. We talked about other stuff. But you said, hey, I I remember I'm, t I'm educated and I know a ton about hormones. And I was like, that's good because I don't know anything about hormones <laughs> except that I have them and everyone listening has them. 
And yes, for women, do. we can get all out of whack hormonally. And so I said, yes, yes, you must be on my podcast to to educate uh, from a basic standpoint. You know, I hope we don't get too far scientific. I, I know that you know who my people are. So um, let's let's get this party started. So I know that you have been like you have more degrees and education than anyone I know. Like seriously. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. It might mean I have some like inferiority complex that I'm not acknowledging. Just have a value yeah. around education and credentialing. <laughs> that's all. Coach talk. Yes. Yes. So, but I know you've been a women's healthcare provider for over 14 years, but what prompted you to specifically have a special interest in, in women's hormones? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm one of those multi-passionates who's like a wellness coach and a medical professional. And so I was starting to see in both of my practices this I mean, you know, we've known about the superwoman complex Mm -hmm. for a long time. And you and I are really good examples of that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But but I started seeing the consequences of that complex, the hormonal consequences of that complex and hormone imbalances in general happening in younger and younger people. Like when I first started, I was managing hormone imbalances more with women in their 40s and 50s. And just sort of as time progressed over that 14 years, like here I am with a woman in her late 20s with her thyroid out of whack and with weight problems and with her female hormones totally out of whack. And it's like, wow. Hmm. Okay, that's probably normal in like a, you know, in a case by case basis, but I was starting to see it a lot. And so I was like, okay, like this is something at least relatively new to what I'm seeing over the the past 10 plus years, and it's just going to get worse. So I just started really diving into, okay, why is this happening? How is this happening? And how can we help women like not go down this path of hormonal wackiness, like before a quarter of their life's even over? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I believe it. I mean, everything is changing. I mean, It seems like girls are starting puberty younger. Um, You know, people are getting cancer a lot younger. You know that you've served it twice, twice. Mm -hmm. and and so yeah, I I believe it. I I totally believe that. And I love that you mentioned the superwoman complex. So, can you say a little bit more about that? Well, and just and really, why like why do you think that that is? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear yep, yep. Why do you think this like overachieving perfectionism, you know, controlling, because I know y'all listening are just like that because you're just like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think that's affecting our hormones? Yeah, for sure. And I um, thank you for making that connection because now it comes so naturally to me. But I do, that's the main thing I want to talk to you about um, and to get across to your people is like, This level of stress that we are intentionally or unintentionally putting ourselves under actually wrecks havoc on our hormones. Like everyone knows stress is bad, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone like hears and, you know, they go to their coach and they're like, I'm super stressed out. Help me manage my stress. And then, you know, you go to your doctor like, oh, I can't sleep. Stress is bad. Stress is bad. But once you understand why, I think it will help you really feel much more empowered about it. So let me just go into like a brief geek out thing. And and if I go too far, you just smack me down. Okay. 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 So basically, like your, your stress level will affect cortisol. And cortisol is a stress hormone. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. The endocrine system is totally related. 
right? All of progesterone, estrogen, cortisol, aldosterone, testosterone, and women have testosterone too. But it's like all of these hormones are connected. And their first priority is to keep us alive. And by doing that, like cortisol's main job is to balance blood sugar in our bodies. Because like, you know, you've probably heard about people going hypoglycemic mm-hmm. or in diabetes, like diabetic coma, like without enough sugar in your body, you die and you can't respond to like the saber toothed tiger at the cave entrance. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, their first job is to keep us alive and, and do the fight or flight response. The second is to reproduce. So reproduction is secondary to the hormones. First, they want to keep you alive. So when you're stressed out, this affects cortisol, which is related to many of the other ones. And when cortisol gets out of whack, your progesterone gets out of whack, your estrogen gets out of whack, your serotonin levels, which can totally create, you know, low levels can create depression and anxiety and all these other issues. So when cortisol gets out of whack, then the rest of you gets really screwed up. And hormones affect so many parts of your body, like the thyroid hormone, right? With temperature, weight gain, um, depression. So like of all the cells in your body, there are only two two, um, substances that every cell in your body has a receptor for, thyroid and vitamin D. So hello, is the thyroid important? Probably. Uh (laughs) And so- and cor- like when your cortisol's out of whack, it prevents effective conversion of the thyroid hormone so that it can do its job. So all of this is related to stress um, in, in the end because cortisol gets triggered when you're stressed out. And there are like three different kinds of stress that tend to whack people out. The most important is emotional. Emotional stress is the biggest culprit. And the interesting thing about emotional stress is it doesn't even have to be like for real in terms of, you know, some people have these, what other people perceive to be really relaxed lives. Like they don't work and they have like, you know, a nice relationship and they live they in have a nice a nanny. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of that. And then, but the point is that doesn't matter actually. What is that person's perceived stress? And that actually has the biggest impact, um, on several things. So like Elizabeth Blackburn, who um, is a researcher over at UC San Francisco, my alma mater, but she won the Nobel Prize in physiology or medicine by discovering these telomeres. And what these are, they're little like caps on the end of your chromosomes. And they keep your chromosomes um, healthier. And um, they, they also determine the length of them, determine how many times a cell can divide. So each time a cell divides, hmm. the telomere gets shorter. So it really de- determines the lifespan of that cell. So everybody thinks like, oh, we're supposed to live until we're 80. Well, that's chronological age. But I tell you, cellularly, you can age um, faster. So you could be like 25 with telomeres of the age of someone who's like 60, uh, right? Okay. So the, the interesting thing, though, is what she discovered was it was perceived stress that shortened the telomeres, not just objective stress. Of course, objective stress matters, but perceived stress matters more. So, hmm. like, there were these women um, in the neonatal intensive care unit, all of them with the same level of stress. Like, you know, they controlled all the factors for what type of illness the kids had. And the women who perceived more stress had shorter telomeres than the women in the same situation who were managing better. So 
that's uh, so that's why emotional stress can have such a huge effect um, on so many levels with the hormones, with the telomere shortening, blah blah blah. Yeah. The other thing is diet. Diet can totally stress out your body and affect your cortisol levels. The main culprit. Let me guess. You're going to talk about sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah. Right. And why? Why did you know that? Because it's so popular, right? Like, like, yeah. what do you know about sugar? I know that I love to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I, in all seriousness, I, because I've been trying to. I'm 39 now, and I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit. And by no means do I feel like I'm old, but things are changing. Let me just say that. Like I don't bounce back as fast. Things are starting to change. And what I hear over and over again from from health professionals, blogs, personal trainers is like, how much sugar are you are you taking in? And I'm and it's like I'm I'm like hoarding it. And I'm like I don't want to tell. I don't want to talk about it. And also, my <laughs> son has special needs. Um, he's on the spectrum, and so that's what I hear a lot. Is like and uh, not just sugar, but like artificial sweeteners and, well, I know, you know, which is a form of sugar and artificial food dyes too. You go girl. Exactly. That's all I know. Yeah. And, and the, the, the tricky thing that most people don't think about, even though more people are getting educated about it is it's not just sugar, like sweet things, but it's simple carbs like right. white potatoes or pasta or, um, you know, white rice, um, anything with like white flour. So it's not just gluten. It's the fact that any simple carb, when it breaks down is converted to sugar in your body. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about like the sweet things. And what happens is when you get these sugar spikes and drops, it freaks cortisol out. It totally throws cortisol off. And then that creates that level of stress again in your body. And it also affects your immune system, but I won't bore you with, with the geeking out about that right now. (laughs) And, and the the other way, so we've got emotional stress, dietary stress, and there's also inflammatory stress. Mm -hmm. So you've heard about like, you know, anti-inflammatory diet and all that stuff. Yeah. So that can be, you know, trauma. It could be an occult infection that you have somehow. It could be the way you eat, you, you know, also. So those are the ways that we can stress out our body and screw up our hormones. And hello, pretty much a lot of us, most of us do all three of those things that sure. screw up our hormones, <laughs> right? So here's, so, okay, so I have a question. So if someone's listening to this and they're, maybe they've been like putting off going to the doctor or they feel like they might have a hormone, like how do you even talk to your doctor about this? Like do, do should someone go in and get a blood test to have them all tested or what do you recommend there? That is an awesome question. So yeah, a lot of, well, yeah. So a, a lot of providers right now aren't aware of the subtle ways that that hormones can get. You were trying to be really nice to modern medicine, right there. Weren't I you? was, I was because because <laughs> I play on that team in a way, but I also kind I of, know you, you know, do. Dip, I dip my toes on the other side and everything. Well, actually, I jump in on the other side. But <laughs> so basically, a lot of people are not trained in preventing disease. So a lot of Western medical labs are really good at finding disease. Mm-hmm. So like if you ask them to check your hormones, a lot of the levels that they'll check are the um, level of abnormality is set to the point that you've developed an actual disease. Like now you have it's hypothyroidism. Now mm-hmm. you have ovarian you know, failure or whatever. And so it's sort of like, it's tricky to order labs from someone who isn't trained. Now, if you do have someone who's open to it and is, um, you know, like 
alternative in terms of the labs they can order as well, then you can ask for more subtle labs because you want to just not, because a lot of times people say, oh, your labs are normal, but it's like they're heading towards becoming disease. So we want to catch it before they're abnormal, before uh-huh. they're really abnormal. So you want to go to someone who's trained in what's the ideal level for those labs, like functional medicine, dot org um, has a list of providers that are trained that way um, you know the dr. Sarah Gottfried teaches an alternative uh, way of looking at uh, hormones and so she has a practitioner list and so you know really research just real, I'm gonna cut you off just one second you guys yeah. all these links are going to be on the show notes and that's at your kickasslife.com forward slash three seven so if you're interested in any of these resources that Anna's is mentioning um, your kick-ass life forward slash three, seven to get those links. Okay, please continue. Awesome. And maybe what I can do is give you a handout, um, like a, a link to a handout for some of the common labs to ask. Yeah, that'd be great. To, so people to can be download ordered. them. Yeah, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so what, what I would do is you really got to find the right person because if you just go to someone, this is one of the common things that happens is most doctors will tell you, Hey, it's normal as you age to be more tired, to be irritable, to have more trouble sleeping and to gain weight. Mm -hmm. Like that's just part of getting old. And that is a huge myth. And it is a total (laughs) bullshit. It's a disservice to women too. I mean, one out of four women takes a prescription for a mental health reason, whether it's a sleeping pill, an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety or whatever. And we're just told that, oh, this is what you do. This is just what happens as you age. And now we have these wonderful medicines to help you. Whereas before women just had to suffer through it. Mm-hmm. It's like, actually, no, like, like this is not normal. And you can change these things by changing those three stressors that, that we talked about. So I would approach your doctor, vibe them out, you know, say, you know, I've been learning more about hormone imbalance and that you can actually catch imbalances before it becomes a true disease. And so are you open to ordering some labs for me? And even if they're not into ordering some of the more unusual ones, they will mostly order like your thyroid level and a you know basic metabolic and CBC panel and they will check like one level of cortisol and some mm-hmm. estrogen and progesterone. So you can get some stuff done even by a conventional provider. I think if you went but... in like and if you just said I'm I'm not sleeping well and I am really stressed out, can I get cortisol thyroid checked? They would they would say yes, you know? Exactly. I, I would think. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's when you get into the, can you check my diurnal cortisol four times a day? And can you check my DHEA mm-hmm. and all these other things where they're kind of like, uh, it's probably really expensive. Is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's why, um, if you bring in a list, you know, to be honest, providers also like when you tell them what to do, like, could you just check these for me? <laughs> because I'm not coming out of visit their for them. They're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, most of these make sense. So, you know, you could go ahead and try that. And then, and then if that fails, just ask around for like, you know, more, um, open-minded practitioners. Good. Okay. Awesome. So I know you mentioned a myth about, uh, you know, people feeling tired and doctors saying that, well, it's just what happens when we age, which I think, I, I, I mean, I probably buy into a lot of myths about age. So what are some more common myths that we hear about hormones? Yeah. One related to that is that, right. So, so we hear like, it's normal to put on weight after 30, but also like it's normal to, for, for things to go downhill after having a baby. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just so hard on your body that it's normal. But the, the reality is there is a, you know, a correlation there, but it's not a causational, like, relationship. So, yeah, women who have babies tend to be more stressed out and stuff like that. But but it's not normal, like, to have your hormones go totally out of whack after having a baby. It's because of these stress things. So, 
you know, so that's one of the things I just want to nip in the bud too. Like you can find yourself and be at home in your body again after having a baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just want to like tell people that right now. The other thing is, um, one really common one is that PMS is normal. So like, you're like, Oh yeah, it's my period. So I'm breaking out and I feel like shit and I can't sleep and I'm a bitch. Like, so just deal with it. Cause it's normal. This is what us women do. And, and that is also a huge myth because what that is telling you is that something is out of balance. Like anytime you feel bad, anytime your body is in pain or off, it's telling you that something is funky. So when you're having PMS and not feeling good, it's telling you that, you know, like PMS is really related to low progesterone in many cases. And so it's like, it's telling you that's out of whack. And I tell you, because of the way everything's related, when you address the cortisol and when you address your diet, like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. PMS can get a lot better. It's more complex than that. But in a simple way, if you just do those things, PMS can improve a ton. That's so interesting. So here's something that's changed for me, and this happened after I had children, and I, I, I feel like kind of I've never heard this happening to anyone else, so maybe this is like my battle cry, like is anybody else out there like this? So my PMS symptoms moved. They're this, they're very similar, but they've moved to the, the point in my cycle when I ovulate. So <laughs> it's so funny. Uh-huh. My husband always knows when I'm ovulating because I am like ready to get it on. And like I chalk it up to I'm 39. It's like my body's last ditch effort to make more babies. <laughs> it's like I'm reaching the end, mm-hmm. and it's like I I have all of my and it's all my symptoms are remarkably similar to the very first um, part of being pregnant. Like my boobs are killing me. I get nauseous and sometimes I even dry heave. Like I have morning sickness, and it's during like those four days of ovulation. Is that weird? That's. No, no, it's not, it's not weird at all. And I mean, the bottom line is that like hormones change around ovulation, you get spikes and drops and all kinds of things. And as we get older, you know, we our our body becomes more sensitive to certain things. And like, you know, receptors Mm. can change on the cells. So I would say no, anytime a woman tells me like, you know, is this just like wrong? I'm just like, no, like, this is what your body does, you know, especially with hormones there is not like a cookie cutter thing with hormones. Uh So every person is unique. So like you're unique in terms of how your, your body is responding during that. You're a special snowflake in terms, (laughs) in terms of how your body's responding during, during your ovulation. And so that's not unusual at all. And the same, uh, the same, actions in terms of changing your diet and decreasing inflammation and managing emotional stress that can benefit you during that time. And so mm-hmm. with the breast tenderness and stuff, yeah, that's like estrogen, you know, tends to cause the breast tenderness. And what, what were some of your other ones? I, um, I, <laughs> my libido goes through the roof. Like I'm checking out like construction workers on the side of the road. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Totally yeah. Like that's, me. that's also, estrogen. It, fe- so... it must be what feeling like a man feels like. Exactly. Which is like not so bad when it comes to that. But right. it's like I mean that one's fine. Yeah. Although it you know, I'll I'll draw the line with jumping out of the car and like trying to hump some construction worker. <laughs> but it makes my husband totally. happy, you know, when I'm home with him. So it's totally. like, so that sounds like probably a spike in testosterone. It and estrogen. Estrogen makes you totally juicy. Hmm. So it's like, um, you know, it makes everything juicier. It makes your lining juicy and all that kind of stuff. And so, and I'm, I mean, normally around ovulation, your progesterone goes up too to kind of help the, the lining stay 
um, stable, but uh-huh. that's not necessarily one of the contributors to the things that you're noticing. But it's it makes sense that your hormone levels go up to want to have sex when you ovulate because you're you're supposed to be procreating uh-huh. there, like according to your body, right? right and right. so it's like, get it on, girl, get it on. Now's the time. Yeah, we only have a few more years left of this. Come on, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Babies. Okay, so I love that you mentioned that uh, a, a, a very common. American way of screwing up our hormones is is our diet and and uh, too much sugar. So, what are, are there any more common ways that we screw up our hormones as women? Doing too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like you're teaching this course right now, right? Yeah. About uh, time management and overwhelm or something, and and it's like, hello, that is so important. Mm-hmm. Like I'm signed up. Like <laughs> it's like so. Really, I think it this can be the hardest thing to change, but this will change your life. So it's like, you know, yeah, you can change your diet and watch the sugar thing, but really what's going to turn things around is starting to address the level of stress in your life. And, you know, if you're like, I have three kids, what am I supposed to do? Get rid of my three kids. It's like, no, but remember the whole perceived stress thing we were talking about. If you can change how you perceive your life and how you're perceiving the stressors that are going on in your life, that can have a huge effect on your hormone levels and on your stress response. So how do you do that? Well, you know, there's cognitive behavioral therapy that helps you kind of reframe your life. Coaching is awesome with that because it helps you really take a look at how to set your priorities and how to really manage your time that way and prevent overwhelm. So if you can address the stressors in your life that you have control over, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. So some of the common things that I see that can help people are like having a daily routine in the morning that just centers you and calms you. So whether that's just going for your run and then like doing some quiet stretching by yourself and then maybe doing some self massage with some oil after your shower and then that's it. But it's like, that was your time. That's non-negotiable, like have non-negotiable self-care time in the morning. And I say in the morning because if it doesn't happen in the morning, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. So just do it first thing in the morning before the kids get up or before anybody else gets up and starts calling you and distracting you. Yeah. And what the routine does is, you know, however much I love to travel and be spontaneous, our bodies like routine. So when you give it self-care and self-love regularly every morning, it starts to chill the fuck out because it's like, yeah. okay, I can, I can rely on this. She's going to hook me up in the morning. It's going to be okay. Obviously like meditation is a really common one. I know not everyone likes to do it, but it does work. That's why I I feel like, you know, evolutionarily we get rid of things that don't work and meditation has been around for kind of like millennia. Probably works. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that can really help create the pause between what you're perceiving as stress and your response to stress. So slowing Mm -hmm. down your mind, anything that slows down your mind and helps you be more present. And for some people that can be, you know, walking on the beach or what, whatever it is, what can slow you down so that when shit happens, you don't just automatically have this fight or flight response. You're starting to create the ability to be like, okay, I can choose to respond to this differently. Yeah. And then, you know, the big things like, yeah, You may think that your stressful job is your only option right now, but it probably isn't. And that takes a lot of courage, you know, to start addressing. But it's like restructuring your work life, restructuring your family life so that you can take care of yourself. That's really the main thing I think that we can do. And it's also oftentimes the hardest, but Mm -hmm. it's worth it. 
totally, totally worth it. I see women completely change. Women with three kids even. So oh, like yeah. no, no excuses. Like you can really turn things around by addressing that losing weight, better temperament, better energy, higher libido, mm-hmm. like all of those things, better skin. Yeah. If you want to just talk about that, right? Uh, yeah. Hell yes. A thousand times. And I, I'm of course I echo everything that you just said. And I think one thing for me that really changed my life and it's been, and it's sometimes it's a one day at a time thing. And, and I, I, you know, I talk about it a lot and that is, uh, you know, and this is from a recovering control freak and, you know, micromanager. I, I wanted to, I wanted a, a guarantee on every outcome and I wanted to control not just situations, but other people. And once I learned to let go and, you know, one of my favorite words in the entire world is the word surrender. And some people are like, surrender, like I'm not giving up, but it's not what it is. It's really about just surrendering to what is going on in your life because sometimes we get handed a shit sandwich like it's just what happens yeah and that sometimes our kids are crazy and you know or or, you know we get hit with a you know we just got we had to have new tires put on our truck my husband has this truck which we love this truck and it's been years like I don't remember getting new tire anyway it was a thousand dollars for new tires and I was like what? <laughs> like we're oh my just God. getting to the point where we're like a, like ahead and we're, you know, we were like saving up for a family and then that got dropped. So it's like stuff like that. So I grumbled about it and I was mad and I was like trying to figure out another way and let's just sell the truck and just so mad. But then like I gave myself the time and then just was like, mm. you know what? The tires cost a thousand dollars and thank God we have the money. So, you know, right? shifting into gratitude and, and just, you know, all these there's so many ways to surrender and to let go of control, but I will tell you guys that it's not just something you decide and, and it is, it is something that I work on on a regular basis to keep my marriage peaceful, to keep my kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. for myself from going crazy in my business, everything. So hopefully that helps any of you listening who tend to get on the crazy train with me sometimes. Hell yeah. Like there's my, one of my favorite quotes is by Shanti Deva, who's actually not like a a new yoga teacher, but a really old sage from India (laughs) who, who said, um, you know, if you can change something, why be unhappy? If you cannot change something, why be unhappy? Yeah. And it's like, there you go. Surrender baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. So if you, if we could do just one more question, if we could do one yeah. thing, just one thing, cause I know my people are busy. If we could mm. do one thing to help our hormones be better balanced, what would that be? I mean, if, if I could have my wish granted and have it be easy for everyone and everyone could do it, it would be what, what you just said to surrender, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Um, and if, and if, if that is like too heavy duty for you right now, and it just seems like, how do you wrap your head around doing that? And, um, I would say cut out sugar mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that really, it's like, okay, if you don't want to go to the mind spirit thing, let's go to the body thing and, you know, cut out sugar. Yeah. Well, 
Are you still there? It got quiet all of a sudden. I totally am. Oh, okay. There's this like, you know, some kind of sightseeing plane or I something thought, I flying thought over you my... dropped the mic or something. You were like, <laughs> that's it. My work here is done. No. Well, I want to talk to you. We have a few more minutes. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about the sugar thing because, you know, I've, I've had some people come on and talk a little bit about fitness and nutrition and stuff, but I think okay. that it's extremely overwhelming for most people. I think I'm like pretty much like the lay person and when it is, Especially, like I can get my workout on, like I can do all of that and I can work out like a mofo. But when it comes to food, I am lost in space and I love gummy bears. I love um, Nestle Coffee Mate. I, love, <laughs> um, I think I'm a lot, I don't know if better is the word that I would use, but I, I don't I don't think I consume as much sugar. Definitely cutting out wine has, has helped a lot because I know huge, wine has a lot of huge. sugar. But I've, I've replaced that every night with, you know, a few cookies or a bag of M&Ms or something like that, So, mm-hmm. which I know isn't helping. So where I get, like, I can cut out, like, the sweets, you know, I'm just, that for me, and I know it's not for a lot of people, but that I can take or leave. What's really difficult for me is bread and pasta. And I've tried the, the whole wheat pasta, and I would rather just not eat it at all. Like, please tell us mm-hmm. there's an alternative. And sandwiches are easy for me, you know, because I work from home. And so I'm like, what do we do? Tell us, a wise one. <laughs> Fix <awesome>. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The, the sugar thing and, you know, simple carb thing, I just want to emphasize that that's the equivalent. Like because we do need said. some sugar, right? Like you as do. far as I understand you from do. college, that sugar is our brain's favorite food. Like Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing is, it is an addiction. Yeah. Like it is a total addiction. So that's like at the root of a lot of it is it's really hard, can be really hard to get over not consuming a ton of it. We tend to crave what is not good for us in the moment and or like something that that we may have an insensitivity to just because our bodies try to mess with us that way so it's like you, you know it is really hard because it's an addiction like, like we <laughs> all are addicted to or can be really addicted to sugar I have thankfully I don't know why but I just have less of a sweet tooth but I tell you when I get triggered that's what I go to. And I'm like, take me to the fucking bakery and then mm-hmm. to an Italian restaurant. Like I'm all over that. Yeah. Right. And then, but, but it's like, so one of the ways you can do it is to substitute sweet things like, um, sweet vegetables, which I know sounds so sexy, but really <laughs> like, like sweet potatoes Peppers. or yams mm-hmm. and things like that. And then, um, you know, dark chocolate is really good because it can fix that craving, but your sugar doesn't spike as much with dark chocolate. So if you're having like a nice square of, and buy the good stuff, man, like if you're going to go for it, go for it. That's what I feel about ice cream. Yeah. And, and the other thing is to really balance it with making sure you're getting enough protein and enough fats. Mm -hmm. Like fat is good for you. Mm -hmm. Like two, two of the things around weight and, um, food that I see is that, you know, people are avoiding fat, which I think more people are starting to learn that healthy fat is good, like coconut oil and things like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But also the whole exercising thing, I just wanted to address that. Like just because like calories in calories out, less calories, more exercise does not help with weight either. In fact, what we're starting to learn is that if you're one of these stressed out people whose cortisol is starting to get tapped, if you exercise excessively, you're just adding what to your body? More stress. stress. Mm-hmm. So what we're learning is that burst training is actually better for you. Like, like, you know, really, um, you know, 
running hard or sprinting hard or doing it, whatever cardio you're doing for 60 seconds and then recovery for 60 seconds and burst mm-hmm. and recover. And that recovery allows you to not have this really high spike in cortisol that then just throws everything else off. Or if your cortisol is low, like deplete you even more. So the burst training is really helpful, even just 20 minutes of it. Not doing more than 40 minutes of like chronic cardio can yeah. really help. But like when it comes down to the diet, it that's why I think sugar cleanses with a group of people helps because it is hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's like like you, you need that support. It's really hard to just come off sugar on your own in the long term. Mm-hmm. But one of the other things is you just can't have any just like with any addiction like like you know that that lays 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 potato chip commercial like oh you can't just just have one yeah like so you know if you're trying to cut out simple carbs like don't have any just do complex carbs write it out like most of the intense cravings are in the first three days yeah well okay so you're not saying like that people should do because complex carbs are, are still carbs so you're not saying like people should cut out sugar completely and do because I because I looked for because I know like the cleanses and the detoxes are all the rage I tried a 21 day sugar detox and and lasted 11 days and I was training for something so that's why it didn't end up working oh yeah no your body needs glucose then yeah so and like I was I have been looking for scientific evidence that shows that we need to because you know like all the I won't name any names but there's some like network marketing you know, companies that sell these cleanses and they talk about like, you need to reboot and restart your cells. So I'm like, okay, show me the science that says that our cells need that. And I can't find any. So, (laughs) right. You, you definitely need carbs. And here's the thing. Some people need more carbs than others. So you could be one of those people, Andrea, like, like you, so, so some of us need more protein and you Mm. could get, you know, when you said like, what can, what kind of test can I order from my doctor? You can actually order, you know, metabolic testing to Mm -hmm. see what are you, what does your body like more? And, you know, super low carb diets, everyone like not as great for women not as great Mm -hmm. for women. So like intermittent fasting, not as great for women. So, you know, you got to listen to your body. So what, what I'm hearing you say is like, I've tried this man and my body does not like it. And it's not just addiction. Like, like my body is craving it. Like, listen then. Okay. So great. So now, so how much is good for you? Start experimenting with it. Like, like you can have different kinds of breakfast and just see how you feel. So like one could be a bagel, Mm -hmm. You, you know, with coffee and yeah. then another one could do be protein for breakfast and yeah. then carbs and, after my workout. Yeah. And... and in terms of the ratio of carbs, that is going to vary with each individual. So in general, people eat too much carbs, which I think is why the first thing out of people's mouths is to like, you know, cut back on that. But there are some people, especially if you're active like yourself who need a certain level. So, if, and, um, and women also need more than men. So if you're going too low on the mm-hmm. carbs, then, then you got to yeah. watch for that. I've learned, I worked with, I've worked with a, a holistic nutritionist and a personal trainer that had a master's in nutrition. And, and the latest one was Jackie Carly. She said, I would text her in the middle of the day and I'm like, I'm really tired. And she would ask me how many carbs I've eaten that day. And she's like, did you work out this morning? And I'd be like, yeah. And she's like, you need more. So she would tell me like the reason exactly. you're tired is because you're not eating enough carbohydrates, eat more. So I think that exactly. what you're saying too, the trick is is the kind of carbohydrates. So it's that whole like low GI, high GI ratio, complex exactly. carbs versus simple carbs. Exactly. Okay. And and so, you know, really looking at the glycemic index and saying, and like one simple way I like to look at it is if you look at your plate and you divide it into quarters, 
like a quarter of your plate should be carbs for most people and not and and ideally complex carbs and not just like mashed white potatoes or something Mm -hmm. like that so a quarter of your plate can be carbs and if you're still hungry go back but have more protein and vegetables Mm -hmm. right because vegetables are carbs too yeah um but they have like all the micronutrients that really help our body and our immune system now if you're finding that that's not enough and you know that and eating more carbs isn't causing you to put on weight or feel more tired, then yeah, you can have a little more if that's your metabolic type. But, you know, we tend to lie to ourselves and fool ourselves a lot around that. Like, oh, I must be one of those types that needs more French fries. So it's like, <laughs> right, which is like me. But, but you know, so, so really make sure that you're being honest with yourself. And it sounds like, you know, the body's the best lab. So like you're doing, Andrew, like listening to your body, being like, I'm tired, like something is not right. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, have more. And are, do you feel better? And if you do, then that must be That's right for you. Yeah. That yeah, must sure. be right for you. Yeah. And I hope I hope this was helpful uh, to everyone listening. And Anna, thank you so much. This has been so informative for, to myself and I hope to all my, my ass kickers out there. And tell everyone where they can find you. And again, you guys, all these links are at yourkickasslife.com forward slash three seven. And go ahead and tell everyone the best place to find you and contact you. Yeah, the best place to find me for all this stuff is at onaverzoni.com. And basically there you can sign up to be notified of free cleanses and a lot of other goodies on there. And you can read some articles about these topics because um, I just want to put a lot of resources out there for people to be able to access. Because if your body is in alignment with your mission, you know, you're going to hit a wall at some point. And Mm -hmm. I believe that women should be able to be feeling as vital as possible. Yeah. Get out there and rock for them. For show, for show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, yourkickasslife.com forward slash three seven. Again, thank you so much for being here. Please, if you have time and you love this podcast, go over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It's really easy to do from your phone. I found I think it's a little bit easier to do that. It's just like you're leaving a rating and review for an app. So um, that is near and dear to me. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you next time for episode 38. Until then, I will see you in cyberspace. Bye-bye.